0: They say marketing is a madman's game. So now we turn it over to the marketing madman with Trip Job and Darren Rand on Extra 106.3 FM.
1: Happy Saturday. Welcome to the Marketing Madman. Trip Job from Rand Inc here with a good friend and frequent co-host Nick Constantino of uh, 680th Fan and Atlanta Braves Radio Network. Uh, good to have you back, Nick. Good day to be here. Yeah, well, it's yeah, exciting. We're uh, we're you know, we'll take a minute and uh, what are they supposed to get? 24 hours to uh, enjoy the uh, clinching yes. and uh, the upcoming playoffs for the Braves.
2: Yeah, it's been a it's been a crazy one. Mm. Um, you know, two two teams in the same division with 100 plus wins is insane. It, went, it came down to the last game, which you always hope for for divisional chase. Uh, but there is some talent across the board in the NL and the AL, so it's gonna be it's gonna be a fun run.
1: Yeah. No, I think. Uh, you know the excitement last year was incredible down here at uh, the battery, and uh, this year I'm sure it's going to be uh, even more so. The the only negative, I mean, from a, a fans' perspective, not from the the Braves' perspective, is missing that first series. We're just going to be deprived of two or three nights of uh, baseball and excitement. So
2: yeah, you'd rather not play that series. I know. <laughs> as, as little games as possible. As good as the team is, baseball is one of those sports where anybody can do it and absolutely any time. And, you know, the Cardinals has still has a bad taste in the mouth from a couple years ago. So, <clears throat> you know, I, we're excited for baseball. I'm excited that Atlanta came out as the number one city in the country, and Money Magazine, kind of mm-hmm. the, the stars are aligning at the right time for a city that I think is just starting to be on its rise.
1: Yeah, no, it's uh, great to see and great to hear. So, well, hey, we won't talk baseball the whole time, though. I think we could do that. Um, you know, it is October, and one of the other things, thought it would be good today. And I've, I've written this article and had it published a couple places, but... You know, people are deep into their budgets right now. So people usually started them in the the early fall, but now's the time they're starting to present them to their uh, uh, leadership team and maybe even board of directors, et cetera. And I see, uh, you know, when it comes to marketing, a lot of times I see um, bad examples of how people go about the budgeting process. And and the first one, I know you probably see it and hear it with uh, some of your... um, uh, clients on the sh- on the radio is well we were just told flat line from last year or 2% down 2% up um, you know regardless of what's going on they just get a flat uh, hey here's what you're going to do compared to last year yep you know um, i mean what what do you typically talk about right now i mean if they're thinking about what they're going to do from the advertising size whether it's digital whether it's radio whether it's promotions i mean what are you looking forecasting from a You know a cost perspective for next year so if someone says hey i'm absolutely flat are they looking at the same or less um or or more yeah yeah i'll probably
2: get a little technical here you know for for this time of year you gotta you gotta inevitably think that demand is going to decrease that the dreaded r-word of recession is coming that people are going to tighten the bootstraps and all those things which means a smart marketer should take focus away of bottom of the funnel and put it back to top of funnel Yep. Because the conversions are going to decrease. The amount of people ready to buy something are going to decrease. The bottom of people ready with that call to action are going to decrease. So the the bad marketers or the bad funded or the bad run businesses probably are just going to pull money out. Yeah. The smart, smart businesses take money out of bottom of funnel activities, say your Google ad search, and put at the top of funnel activities like TV or brand marketing. Because ultimately, when recession comes, two or three five, 10 businesses are gonna fail, and the ones that continue to market and continue to get their name out there and create top of funnel marketing are gonna succeed. So when I would build a marketing budget, I would decide very early, what are we trying to accomplish? If, okay. if you can acknowledge, hey, the bottom of the funnel, search marketing is not there anymore. There's not as much demand <laughs> for our product. Well, it is a pretty darn good time to go to the top of them. Now, right. the problem is is that no one says that because they all believe they're such good businesses and it's just a million external factors that have caused this drop in demand and they're going to push their advertisers harder to keep getting them results, right? right? And ultimately, at some point, like, the market is going to dictate the, n- the number you get. It's not always based on marketing. So right. my advice would be look at that sales funnel, see see what part you need help with, and if it's time to maybe switch some of those strategies and then apply your marketing from there and your budgets from there.
1: Yeah, you know, and I'm going to use this time of year as another great example and something that I learned, uh, God, 10, 12 years ago um, from a CEO, and that is not... You know, filling your budget up and hardlining it at the beginning of the year. And so, what we used to do was basically take about 10% of the budget and keep it fluid, right? So, think about right now, we're talking about the Braves and all that. Well, guess what? How many people said, God, I'd really like to do a little extra? I know you're going to have some, uh, yep. you know, promotions and things like that, but my budget's tapped out. Well, why is it tapped out? Does it tapped out because they're doing the things they want, or you know, do they have the ability to, regardless of when it is, to jump on those opportunities you were talking about? And you know, that's to me, that's rule number one: don't don't dedicate one hundred percent of your budget. You don't do that at home. You keep a rainy day fund, right? Um, yeah, and, and it's
2: also hard to cancel other people. That's what I always get. It's, oh, yeah. let me see what we can get out of another contract. And like, first off, if you don't know if you can get out of a contract, okay. is a bad way to start any conversation. Second of all, if you had that rainy day fund, you'd be able to apply and supplement as opposed to subtract and add, which is always going to be more powerful,
1: right? So, um, and I think those are just keys. But I, I want to go back to the strategy of it, and this is one that I see time and time again. And I guess I'll uh, I'll rail a little bit against it and maybe use some uh, analogies, but. More often than not, I see marketers, marketing leaders, that when they come in with their budget, whatever the amount is, tens of thousands of dollars, hundreds of thousands of dollars, millions of dollars, and I've I've worked on both, or all all of those, and they will come in and say, all right, well, I need 15% for my website, I need 30% for advertising, of which, you know, this much is going to go to uh, print, this much is going to go digital, this much is going to TV. I need uh, another 20% to go to email marketing, Uh, I need uh, 5% to go to PR, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Um, I mean, you probably hear that all the time, and and you're, again, uh, um, sponsors, and I'll probably say, hey, this is how much we have dedicated to this. So, why? Yeah, I mean, what are you trying to accomplish? Are yeah. you just trying to um, spread out, you know, um, your budget because that's what you think the right mix is, or what, what? are you trying to do?
2: Yeah, I think that also comes down to the the, the function, the functionality change of like those CMOs. People do that because they want to. They feel like they want to hold individual aspects and individual assets accountable. Right. Well, oh, radio underperformed. Oh, website underperformed. Well. A website underperforming can be a chain effect of your billboards coming down and your radio underperforming. That's going to make your website underperform. So I think that's one of the problems is no one wants to look at it holistically. They want to break it into these little pieces so it's easier to, to criticize and hold people accountable. We're actually – we run into that problem often because it's like, well, what do you call us? We have events. We have sports marketing assets. We have digital assets. We have radio. If you just put put us in with radio, then first of all, we're not as worth as much as you think we are because it's just a radio station. But as we break down those barriers and they allocate money to us – we have found a much higher success rate. So it takes a lot of work and effort to get into that position where that's happening. Um, But I agree, if you're thinking that you're just gonna spend 20% on your website and you're just gonna cap it there and just leave it at that number, there are so many external factors to to how that goes on. Every time Google makes an algorithm change, in theory, you might need to change how much you spend to advertising towards your website or or driving to your website. So I agree, I, I think... I, I think you need a gut instinct towards it, and I think yeah. most people just put, the, put them as line items in silos, which is always a mistake.
1: Yeah, so I'm going to throw uh, Nick a curve here. Um, why don't you just throw out a name of um, either a new or uh, maybe recent uh, advertiser this year? And I'm going to use that as an example of how uh, we try to get, uh, get people to approach it.
2: Sure, sure. So uh, I can't tell the one because it's not completely oh, yeah. signed yet. Okay. So there's one I'd like to announce here because it's kick-ass, but I can't. Uh, so we're going to go with First Horizon Bank. Okay. First Horizon Bank is a, uh, it's been bought out a couple of times, shuffled, consolidated. They were Iberia Bank here. They're out of Tennessee. uh, And we built a pretty good community and small business
1: focused marketing program for them. Okay. So instead of 15% on website, 5% on PR, et cetera, et cetera, um, what we try to do is go in and say, all right, um, First Horizon Bank, what are you trying to accomplish next year? All right. And let's say they come back, and I'm throwing out numbers, and and these are all just to to do the exercise. But, hey, we want to grow 9% next year. Yep. All right. Um, Especially if they've gone through acquisitions, they're kind of putting more money into a new brand name here. All right. That makes sense. Um, And everyone says, okay, well, what does it take to fund that? I say, well, it depends. All right. So that 9%, how much of that is going to be new clients? Yep.
2: Yeah, versus how, client growth versus, versus client, client growth, growth
1: yeah. right you know maybe you've got clients that whether it's the commercial side residential side and those are two other things
2: how many clients would you what business would you lose if you didn't do this is there attrition that can be tied to not doing this exactly
1: right? so I, I use the the old 2 by 2 method and it's either new markets or new products depending where they are sure. on one axis and then current customers and existing customers and the way to get to your 9% is filling out those four boxes and let's just say in the in their example, it's going to be 5% that's going to be new customers in their current markets. And it's going to be um, 2% in current customers in current markets, and then 1% each in new markets, either current or yep. new, right? Um, well, actually, uh, there wouldn't be any current customers in new markets, so zero and two. Well, each of those areas requires different amount of focus. To go into new customers and new markets is gonna require more. Than to grow your current customers in your yeah. current markets, and
2: it depends on the. Sometimes, set, if you have no internal CRM for your current clients set up, that's going to be incredibly expensive, but it's going to be a one-time expense. Also, so what do you have currently? What infrastructure do you have currently is also incredibly important. But yeah. right,
1: so that that's how we start it. So then let's go back. Let's let's go back to the advertising piece. So all of a sudden they want to grow new customers in their current markets. All right. Let's go back to the top of the funnel, the brand. Right. Right. I mean, that's where, whether it's radio, whether it's digital, you know, what at that point, if that's going to be five of my 9% growth, then I've got to put more money there than I'm going to put on PR and website and other things. And realize
2: it's going to be more expensive because you're talking about crossing over to new mediums, which is trial and error. You're talking about new partnership relationships where, you know, the days of, at least for us, us giving our best deals to new clients are over. Yeah. we're done because that's not taking care of your current clients who have been with you for 25 years. So there's got to be trust and report bill. So it's just going to cost more to get started. You have to acknowledge that to begin with yeah. anyone that's offering you some sweetheart deal. Just know <laughs> that when it succeeds, they're going to triple their price, which is not always the best way to go about doing business.
1: Yeah. So, I mean, that's, you know, at Rand Inc, that's kind of how we think about it. That's how we try to get people to, to maximize their budget. I mean, we're always open. You know, you can, can see us at randinc.cc uh, and think about ways to make sure you get that budget attuned to how you're going to grow. Uh, when we come back from the break, uh, I'll give another example and maybe an analogy that puts it in better perspective. But um, if, if you don't, you're just going to get the same thing you've always done. And that uh, slice of the pie type budget exercise uh, tends to be from someone who's thinking very tactically and very much marketing function, not strategically and aligned with maybe your sales efforts and growth. So uh, we are the marketing madmen and we are on Extra 106.3, and we'll be right back.
0: Now back to the Marketing Mad Men on Extra 106.3 FM.
1: Welcome back to the Marketing Mad Men. Trip Job with uh, guest host Nick Constantino of uh, 680 The Fan and Atlanta Braves Radio Network. And we were talking about you know how we look at budgeting at Rand Inc. and um, really you know, helping businesses drive the growth so that marketing is viewed as truly an investment and not an expense and uh, you probably hear that all the time well my you know i I don't want to raise my marketing expense well if that's how you're thinking about it, that's probably what it's going to be. For sure. Every
2: every time someone says those words, it's usually that the the same person that is going to itemize out by individual thing, website, this guy, so they can go and just start screaming at the guy that's not being effective. Well, it's only effective when it all works together. Yeah. And the only way you look have it all work together if you look at it is an actual investment, not as an expense.
1: Yeah. So I want to put one, uh, maybe one other quick analogy. Um, we talked a little bit about um, the typical. You know, I think of it almost as a pie because I see the pie charts all the time about 10 percent website, 10 percent PR, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and I think about it as when people do that and it comes into you, if you're a, a business leader, um, it's like someone has gotten a set of ingredients and they're going to, you know, bake a cake and they've got the flour and they've got the salt and they've got the uh, baking powder and chocolate and, and whatever. Um and so that's what they think that's what they know how to cook right but what did you ask them to cook? What were your expectations? Are you looking for um, an entree? Do they have an oven? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Are you looking for chicken parm tonight? <laughs> Watch the Mannings and eat some chicken parm, right? Um, and so I think that's, to me, that's the analogy is, unfortunately, too many marketing leaders think about, all right, I know this area. Let me show you my ingredients for what I know how to cook but they really don't know what the business is trying to cook or, or um, put on the table uh, at the end of the year. And I think they forget that. And so, therefore, you know, without understanding what you're going to do and what the expectations are, you can't really prepare the right ingredient list um, or I heard Nick at the break say, "Yeah, what if the ingredients are out? You know, not available at the store. What if you want to do? You know, as you said before, um, certain advertising at the time of year, and all the, it's all gone. The contracts are taken. What if there was a war in Ukraine and the cr- the price of wheat
2: tripled that we couldn't get wheat? That throws off so many other variables of what's going on.
1: Yeah. So, um, so think about it that way. And like I said, I think it's uh, it, it's an area that is ripe for um, a different perspective with budgeting. So." Um, another one that I want to hit on, and, and Nick's fantastic at this, is um, it's that time of year, too, and we had Jenny Munn on a couple weeks ago, um, is talking about your website. And, and when is it time? Do you need to have uh, you know, an audit? And when when's the time to really look at your website? And what are you getting from your website?
2: Yeah, and I think inevitably we've all come to terms with the fact that you just cannot succeed without a website anymore. I mean, even we used to get those calls from clients. What was the name of that garage door company? (laughs) It doesn't exist anymore. They're going to a yeah. website to check it out. They're not just calling people. And, and you know, the time. it's still going to happen, but really, they're going to a website. They're vetting you out. They're making immediate assumptions off of it, which goes both ways, right? There are plenty of great businesses with terrible websites, and there are plenty of terrible businesses with just flashy websites. So what you're trying to put out to your customers, current and new has to be said and it has to be said very quickly because as quickly as someone can get turned on by your website they can be turned off by it just as quickly um, so I think we've come to terms with that fact I think 99.99% of people realize how important it is uh, but now it's down to the nuts and bolts because the, the tools to use to evaluate your website have grown the free tools to evaluate your website have grown um, and it, it really is now a time where you don't have to be guessing anymore you can really have a good picture of what's happening there and what needs to change if you go about the right procedures
1: yeah so, uh, one of the things we're going to go through an article I recently wrote for the uh, Georgia's Urban Ag Council, their quarterly magazine, and, and I do a lot of work with them. And uh, yeah, this is on uh, my LinkedIn page. So, if anyone wants to go out to Trip Job on LinkedIn, uh, you can find this um, this article out here. But Um, A couple of things, we'll just kind of walk through to your point of how do you know, is it time to look? What what are you getting across? And, um, you know, I think there's there's some tools that people can use. There's also just some basics. And I'm going to hit on the first thing that um, uh, Nick just said is, what does your website say? And, you know, this is simple, but I'm a believer in word clouds. Dude, so if no, I, this is the first else. time I've ever
2: seen it like put it that way, and I did it for our website, and it was pretty much life-changing yeah. to just see – like I did it for all of our individual shows, and just to see the different picture each show created by the bios of which they created themselves right. was a very powerful visual aspect that – took because you can't really see oh it says braves this many times or falcons but the word cloud associates and changes sizes to give you a visual picture of it yeah. and i mean it, it was it was pretty it was pretty uh life-altering just to see it that way so i think that i i would i would start there as well
1: yeah i mean and, and we don't even have to tie it into the seo part That's and it's free totally, it's, completely it's free. free it's free uh, all do you it cut 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 and paste and i think i put a couple of them uh, worded out is free uh, worded out.com is one you can use and, yeah, it's amazing what you think you're getting across just in a volume. And, uh, and that subliminal piece is once—look, I've done it so many times. Once you have written you know, most of the copy for your website, you're worthless as an editor. I mean, really, unless you step away for two to three weeks, you're just absolutely worthless because you just read right over things yeah, for sure. Oh. So, um I think another one that um, you know I think about is, you know, and this one's uh, especially the smaller companies out there, the freshness of your content. You know, if you have a blog, I'm not sure how many times I've gone out and seen people that have a blog and the last post is, you know, July 2018. It makes you look horrible.
2: It's going to turn off more people. You better just erase the entire thing from there if you're not going to put it out with regular. Now, that being said, if you have enough, going back to old content will never hurt you. You know, you listen to podcasts now. They'll go back to shows from eight years ago because they still have new people into the, but, but you need enough content to be able to do that. You can't put one up and be like, oh, here's last week's. You're gonna really get to turn more more people off than on.
1: Yeah, and I think that's a key point is you can break content up. So that I think sometimes we all try to do things long form. I know you do it with a lot of the shows and all. Is look break it down, break it down into two minute segments and put three of them out instead of a seven minute you know interview. And all of a sudden sure. you get that get that time to be able to do that. So For sure. Um, you know, another one is just. Um, there are tools like SEMrush that you can figure out where you're showing up and where your competitors are. And again, you can do a free assessment at least on your website. Um, by going out and looking at the the homepage and see, I'm gonna I'm gonna organic. caveat this one real quick yeah. though, because there's
2: two things here. One is SEM Rush is trying to sell you a service, yes. so their depiction of your website is not going to be the most accurate the world has ever seen. It is going to yep. make it look really bad to make them sell you a service. So just just take that keep that in mind because it's very true. Yes. Second, mm-hmm. this is the time where it's time to go get some help externally Yeah, uh, because y- you cannot be a marketer and an SEO interpreter at the same time. Those functions are very different. You cannot read Google Analytics and be the guy writing copy on your website because when you write bad copy and you inevitably re- will write copy that people won't want to read, you will not believe the analytics in which are saying how bad what you wrote is. Yeah. So these these cannot be functions of the same person. So this is when I would go out and I would ask for help for all these different aspects. I'm not saying you need to hire an individual. I'm not saying you need to mark an agency. I'm saying what, what Trip and Darren do at Rand Inc. is perfect because maybe they just need to come in for an initial audit. Maybe that's what they're yeah. gonna charge for, is just that audit. But that second set of eyeballs, simply saying, guys, let me tell you how this SEO fits in here. Let me tell you what you think you're copy is, is not getting come across here. So this is a good time to bring an external person until you get acclimated. As you get the experience, sure, you can do all that stuff. You can be great. You can be impartial. But I'm talking years it should take before you feel comfortable enough to be evaluating your own website, designing, copywriting, doing your SEO, and then then lastly, doing the marketing that drives people there. Those are very separate functions that you require a lot of manpower to do the right way to start. And then I, I encourage everyone to go out, find those people. And especially if you don't know what we're talking about and how it comes together, uh, it's a good time to make a phone call.
1: No, absolutely. And it's the old adage of, are you working in your business or on your business? And, um, you know, we see that a lot. And, and, and again, you're right. It's, it's just an audit. And it's if you do reach out to someone, to your point, and they should bring in a tool and give you that snapshot. And they should be able to give you, hey, the fact that, um, you know, your authority score is 65. Well, that sounds like failing, to your point. That's, look, I don't think I've ever seen a score 80 or above. I mean, because... The tool is such that you'll never score. Even I think, Apple, I, I think
2: Apple might be an 82. I yeah. think like Apple might be. A, I think we are a 68, which was yeah. insane because I was like, dude, you guys did. You you haven't done anything. Mm. How are you a 68? Eight. Well, we thank the Braves for that. Yeah. Uh, but I think that one is a really really good point because if someone comes in promising you that they're going to raise your authority score. That actually takes more work than just about anything else Time. out there. And backlinks and fake backlinks, which is what they're going right. to offer, is certainly not the answer. Right. Google knows the difference between some guy going out and selling fake backlinks than someone has a genuine relationship like we do with the Braves and Bulldogs, which is why we have a high authority score. Right. You cannot argue the relationship. It is concrete everywhere. Anyone offering you that, that fake boost of an authority score should set off red alerts right away.
1: And, and the reality is uh, you're not going to raise your authority score in less than six months. Any, I mean, with doing it, it right. you do are, you're doing it by two points. Yeah, like it's, exactly. gonna, it's a
2: slow crawl, but it is one of the most profound impacts it could have on your business because not only is it talking about your authority of your business in the web, but it is versus competitors across the nation when you really think about it. So it is a profound thing. It is just, again, a lot, I feel like we've gotten to a point where all of these tools we're talking about here are really automated. And if somebody wanted to, they can do them all in a week, but they try to drag it over five months because they need to justify their costs for what they're doing. (laughs) So I just, I'm not skeptical. I think all these digital things are important, but I think there has to be a better balance between users and and advertisers understanding the tools and then relying on someone else to do them. If you're just a noob at this completely, you're going to get hosed. Right? And if you yep. think you know everything, you're going to get hosed. So it's about knowing enough to be dangerous and then trusting someone enough to take, care of, t- take you the rest of the way.
1: Yeah. And so you know, the, the second point in this article that you kind of hit on there, too, and it's, it is a way we use um, rush is understand your customer. So back to your point, yeah we, yeah, we look at all the things like authority score and all that. But you know, we go in and look at um, how are people searching? All right, sure. and there's ways to use the tool more in the advanced, you know, not the free side, um, but we look at where are you placing, of sure. course, but what type of terms are those, and sure. are those the ones that you know? And we see this a lot. People will use their own terminology, right, and they may not use terminology that um, uh, everyone else is using. You know, when Jenny was on a couple of weeks ago, she said <laughs> she was a keynote speaker at. Um, you know this conference, and they said, "Oh, the one word you can't use is trailer." And they said, "We we sell modular um, homes," and you are like connotation on trailer, I'm right? Assuming. Yeah, and she goes, um, "But what what do people search for? Does anyone search for modular homes?" No. And that's and we see that all the time. No, and and I, I'll give
2: you a great example of that one. If you go in and search Atlanta Braves <clears> and Georgia Radio. Yeah, we damn well better become up number one. No one else offers those two things. So that doesn't help you at all. Now, if you search Georgia Bulldogs radio, you know how many people offer that audio from tune in all these different people? So, yeah, I agree with you. But, again, it it is about understanding those terms, who the customer is, what you're trying to accomplish via them. Being on page one for an obscure term is not helpful to anybody. Being on page 80 for your industry, you're dead in the water.
1: Right. And that's that's another thing you see is we can see the volume. We can see the terms that, that stand out. You know, see where there's examples of um, businesses that you know maybe are using a term that has crossover. You know, the other one that uh, we've done recently with our uh, client that uh, thinks about lake management, and so you know what we kind of got them to realize is it's not that they don't shouldn't have search terms for lake management, but what came up was lake rentals and property management, and so pond management was totally around environmental maintenance clean up, algae bloom, all those type of things. And so um, in that case, yeah, there's still more hits on lake management, but pond management is focused. Pre-qualified. Pre-qualified, and so we need to do both. But you know, it's a case of going back to the word clouds. You know, lake management was popping up all over, and pond was not. And yeah. so it's it's really how you think about doing that and looking at business. And you know, there there are some things that can real quickly turn you know help turn your business around and at least put you you know in the right spot for. Per- Perspective customers
2: there are also some things can become a money pit real fast like one of the things we have an insurance client And I found out that in the insurance industry has the number one cost per click out of any in the any in the world Okay, so they are insurance companies are paying more for each click, right? Yep So after finding that out all of a sudden the success of our radio campaign makes sense But more importantly I said hey I go we got you 50 clicks of our website so I was like well that's worth 35 you know 3500 yeah. bucks by doing this math so like it, yeah life. it was yeah it was effective it so it depends on how much demand exists for the category and the keywords in which you are searching for some are not worth fighting right you know give you a great example here superior plumbing in Atlanta is a perfect example of a client who just spends marketing dollars they yep. built this huge demand funnel they came into the market brand 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 brand, brand 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 but they also guerrilla market so if you're John's plumbing they're going to go in, and when you search John's Plumbing, they're going to be the first ad that shows up because they have enough money scale to do that. There are some times where it's not okay. worth trying to take down Goliath. Everyone wants that story of the David versus Goliath story, but there are times where that's, that, yeah. that, that action is not needed, and that's a good time to diversify away from those things because what, what would help is to go on mediums that they are not on to drive organic search, well, which will rank you higher quicker than yep. you paying to try to get into those placements. And again, it's more complicated than the way I'm saying it, but yeah. those are all things that an audit and a good marketer should be able to tell you how to do.
1: Yeah, and, and those are great points, and I think the, um, you know, the other thing we think about is, what are you selling? How, you know, if you're more a luxury item, okay, and in the insurance, okay, you, you don't think of insurance as a luxury item, but guess what? a lifetime value. And the reason why they're willing to spend that money is most people, once they get into insurance, Done. it's a 5, 10, 20 year, depending on if it's a car, is it home, is it life or whatever. Um, so they're looking at it as a lifetime value of that, uh, that client. And they so have it,
2: all that data. They know what your lifetime value is before you even sign up, what it's worth to advertise you for. They have made those, because this is all big corporations. Yep. There's not small guys doing insurance they have a predetermined value of what you are worth before you even talk to them, which is half despicable, but half, if you have (laughs) enough data, it's pretty easy to do. These are not rocket science things, Uh, but just know that every dollar, you're not winning on the internet you're not getting an advantage. Those consumers know exactly how much it costs. Remember the good old days of Amazon where everything was cheap? Yeah, Yeah, nothing's cheap anymore. It's more expensive than anywhere else. You Now it's just, you're so addicted to Amazon. They're just like, click, 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 click. Wait a second. This used to be $500. How's it $30? Well, you're buying direct from China for starters, but they had a strategy and the strategy was start with low cost and then all of a sudden before, you know, Uber was the same way. You get an Uber ride for $6. Like, How did they pull this off? Well, now it's $75 to get to the airport. So they know exactly what it costs, what you're worth, and how to get to you much better than you think they do.
1: Yeah, well, and there's so many uh, things going out there. There's one right now, because uh, I've been looking at this, uh, and I did it, but it's more for my parents, you know, some of these uh, delivered meals. And uh, it's amazing. I mean, guy, every time, if I place an order, I think I get like two orders to give away to other people. And it's it's all market. They're all trying to acquire customers, which they're... And so here's a couple things you got to think about. Sometimes your competitors, are they trying to acquire business for the business, or... Are they trying to acquire business for the investors? And and look, Peloton. We could we could talk for the rest of the show about Peloton. Um, but sometimes, you know, going back to to looking at your competitors, what they're doing on the website or what they're doing in um, PPC and search areas, it's not worth competing with Goliath because they're doing it because they need to show investors new revenue, new customer acquisition, and it has nothing to do with the real economics of uh, that marketing effort.
2: Yeah, and I think when you, when you look about it you know, from the, completely from the top down also, if you put a 99 cent pizza in any medium, you are gonna sell the crap out of 99 cent pizzas, right? So you have to sink the cost of yeah. what What are you losing on the pizza into a marketing cost, which means the marketing medium didn't work, the offer did. Yeah. So that's another thing, you can you can spike all these numbers any way you want to, right? There's ways to, but uh, the cost of the good and the, and the money you're losing gets sunk, sunk into marketing costs. So you could do the same thing on yeah. the internet. If you're advertising a great, once-in-a-lifetime opportunity, you're gonna get clicks, but you're sacrificing those clicks at profit margin, so those are also fake numbers to an extent. So it's gotta be very, you just gotta be very careful of when you go into these different things, how you're using these tools. SEO is a you have to do SEO. I'm not saying you you don't have to, but if someone's telling you that you, they're going to take you from the 600th ranked, ranked website to the 30th, even in 10 years, they're lying. It's, it's just not, it's just not possible to be done that way because you are a late adopter to something that people have been doing for years.
1: Yeah. Um, last piece of this article we'll hit in the last uh, four minutes or so we've got in this segment is um, so how to how to evaluate a website provider, and you know that can also be someone like us who does the audit, but Um, you know, and you kind of get a sense, we've talked about what we do, but, you know, we will see examples of when uh, someone comes in and they say, okay, well, we're going to make all these changes to our website. And what do you think? And I'm like, okay, what, what have you been given? And sometimes they will be given um, examples of different websites and they're all in the same industry and they all look alike. And I say, okay, are you in that industry? Every home
2: improvement website is almost a spinning duplicate of each other built with reviews flashing, images there, contact us. They're almost like, like the exact same templates, so right. yes.
1: And if you're in that segment, that may make sense. But guess what? If you're over in, um, you know, uh, let's call it uh, insurance, for example, or the bank, um, that's not going to help you. Because guess what? They've got a formula for what works for that segment. But you want them to understand. Going back to everything we talked about, understand your customers. Yeah, and so that's number one. Um, you know, the second would be what are they going to do to show you, you know, what they've done as research, you know, in the background, right? Do they really understand and have they looked at what's going on in your website? And are they asking the questions? Um, and we've got a process of again, what are you trying to accomplish? Yeah. If they're not asking what you want to accomplish, and they just think it's a website refresh, you're going to get creative and imagery, and uh, probably not anything that's going to drive your business. Yeah,
2: and I think one of the things that's tricky about websites is that there's a lot of hidden pages involved in good websites because you're writing blogs that never intend to be written by a per- read by a person. They're there for SEO, yep. and those are sunken pages that cost money to develop. So there's also a direct correlation to how much content your content strategy and how much your website should cost to, to create and host and everything. There is also a borderline of you're just doing too much stuff for no reason. And the good ones will sit there and say, look, you don't need 16 articles a week. You yep. need one a week, written this way, put out as a video, we can do that for you. So the good ones are telling you those things. The bad ones are like, oh, we need 6,000 pages, we have to take all this old stuff, we have to do this. They're just adding man hours that they're gonna bill you for. So you gotta be really careful with that, really careful. I, uh, you know, it's
1: funny, because the like client we have, um, and uh, we did a website com- compared to four of their clients. And one of them, I was like, so this guy speak a lot? And they go, well, not really. Well, he has been doing podcasts. And you go to the homepage of the website and there's – it looked like um, I was at the library and getting, a, you know, the bibliography because it was about 45 different, you know, podcast links on the homepage. Yeah. And it's like – yeah, it's pretty. It does show up at times on the search because of all the content. But it
2: would show even if it wasn't. If it wasn't on an archived page, it would show. It doesn't have right. to be on the homepage. To
1: exactly. Show it, yeah. And 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 what did it do? Can anyone figure out what what it was? Yeah. And so you you really want to understand that. Look at make sure they're giving you some data. If they're only giving you some imagery and, and things like that, you want to have some data that's come behind the scenes. They're sure. showing you they they're taking the time to understand what you're doing. For sure. So, and
2: and if you see somebody who gives you data as bullet points either ask for the supporting data or run for the hills because you can make anything look any way you want to easily with by by a snap of the finger. Um, I, we really try. And like, I almost think it's to the point of not obnoxiousness that I include every data set in every proposal I send because I have seen too many eight bullet points of everything you're doing wrong. Well, what about what I'm doing right? What about, you know, how, what data is supporting that? Are you using the right time period? There, there's so much, so much, so much data. Um, And and now if you have somebody that uses visualizations and is really good at Tableau or something like that, a little bit of a different story because those softwares exist to make visualizations. But if you see just a bullet point without any supporting data behind it, Either run or quickly ask for that supporting data because uh, that's usually the first sign that this person is trying to take you for a run. Yeah,
1: no, absolutely. I love the run for the hills. So, uh, one more time, you can, if you go, if you're on LinkedIn, uh, go out, trip job, J O B E. And if you look at my featured section, so this article, and I think every other article I've written for multiple publications around marketing are out there. Ragger. It's free. Well, it's more, <laughs> hey, it's just advice. That's all you can take it. It's free advice. You have nothing else. But, um, uh, you know, hopefully some of these things will help. So uh you're listening to the marketing madmen on extra 106.3. We'll be right back. Now back to the
0: marketing madmen on extra one oh six three FM.
1: Welcome back to the Marketing Mad Men, Trip Job from Rand Inc., along with Nick Constantino of 680 the Fan and the Atlanta Braves Radio Network. And uh Time's flying uh, talking about your budgets and your website and uh, so many good things out there. I know uh, during the break, uh, Nick was mentioning that uh, another another great tip that uh, you can look at to get a sense of how customers are using your website, and that is so important. It's yeah. not, and I've, I've been there before, both on the corporate side and otherwise, it's not what one of the leader's spouses thinks or what your kids think of your website it's what are truly customers doing? and why don't you take us through that?
2: Yeah, so similar to the word cloud, which again I love because I love visualizations, um, the heat map is really important. So at its core, what you're doing is you're putting a shell over your website that follows how people use their mouse at your website. So again, with ten people, worthless sample size with a hundred thousand people, the way they follow that shows what emphasis is on your website, where they want to click, what they're looking at, where they go. You have never seen a more accurate depiction of how people use your website than seeing one of those heat maps live. So, you know, one of the things we found were like 80 percent of the people are coming to our site to stream. So what do we do? We made stream now the biggest freaking button in the entire yeah. place. So it, it, it shows you and how few people were going to certain banner ads. Well, that's why the click through rate was low. So a heat map is a graphic depiction starting, I believe, with a blue with blue or white, people do it differently, but red is actually the hottest. This is not like actual fire where clear is the hottest. Like this is red, the darker the red, the hotter it gets. And it shows where people spend most of the time with their mouse mouse, directly goes to what they click on the most. Again, you don't have to be a rocket science. There's no data involved with interpreting a heat map. And it will tell you a lot about your website. If you have a a pretty site, but no one's clicking on contact you, that means that the site is not built to capture business. If you don't have a heat map running on your site, I think this is like the third time I've said this on the show. If you don't have a heat map for your website that you are open and interpreting, you are doing a disservice to yourself and your business because it is an easy way to find out what's going on with your website.
1: Yeah, um, absolutely. And I think, you know, the the heat map, some of those you can find tools to do, but there's another one, again, if you look to hire someone to give you that audit, the one thing most of the f- the free heat maps won't do is where do people drop off, and that's the sec I think that's the second most important thing. I think you nailed it as far as where are people going, understanding. Um, but you know, if you have problems, where are people? You know, what's the jumping off point? Yeah, and yeah, you know, that, and that's, that's cool.
2: too. that's bounce rate. Yeah. That's exit page where they and and the the tree. And again, yeah. those are much more complicated though. You need an audit yes. for that. If a a regular heat map by itself, and I'm not even saying go with a free one, you can call somebody to have them help you interpret it because there's more to it than meets the eye. But it is taking all the most important parts and giving them in front of you visually to start you somewhere. It's not by any means the end of the process; it's a starting point, but it's one that that is pretty easy to interpret for just about anybody.
1: Yeah, no, it's uh, and like you said, I love visuals and it gives you uh, a different perspective. And it's look, it's real data, so for sure. Yeah um what about uh, you know we've got uh, about five minutes left or so let's kind of go into um some of the either the good the bad maybe even the funny the things you've seen and and all uh, i'm going to use since you talked about the contact page i'm going to use one that uh, i was doing a project earlier this year for uh the association the urban ag council and we were trying to find um a lot of you know potential new members and the like, and and from some other associations. So I probably looked at about 25 to 30 uh, websites to, you know, find out who the contact was, the individual and all that. And these are our plant nurseries. These are, um, you know, growers or whatever. And I would say about 20 to 25% would have, you know, a contact page. And they might have a phone number, but they didn't have an email. No email whatsoever, um, or they might, you know, they, they might just have the web page but not have a phone. I mean, it was amazing. It was, but the email to me was, oh, someone doesn't want to get spammed. I'm like, okay, great, but do you not want your customers either? How? There's all types. Yes, there's millennials who don't use emails, but guess what? There's also um, you know, the uh, baby boomers that still only use email. And yeah. so make you it as easy as possible.
2: Yeah. Multiple points, don't assume anything, make it as easy as possible, have it constantly monitored. I mean, you can prioritize by how you'd rather them get a hold of you at top, but man, you, you, you cannot assume anything. If you really want to grow, especially new customers, you can't assume anything.
1: Yeah. So that, that was probably my fun, my most interesting one this year is, yeah, how, well, I guess you really don't want to be contacted. You don't yeah, want uh, business. So what about you? What, what have uh, you seen recently? Mine always
2: comes down to copy, and it really yeah. is the simple. We always get the, I didn't get any calls, okay, which I always follow up with, you didn't put the phone number. And like, I love that disconnect, right? So I want calls. Well, you should probably put a phone number in the phone because if you're using a medium like mass media to dictate behavior, tell them that you want them to call them or on your webpage have a number bright and big up top that says call here, right? what do you want to accomplish? That is always a problem. Oh, well, we didn't see a spike in the yeah. website. You didn't mention the website in your copy points. Yeah. And we can always point in the right direction, but ultimately we're beholden to what a client wants to do. And if they they cannot, now it's also about finding out goals early and we're trying to train our sales guys to be better at finding those things out early. Um, but copy is the most frustrating thing that I think I deal with. Uh, we're dealing with it now with a client who had all these grandiose ideas. They can't get any of it, any of it approved, and we're going back to the simplest copy anyone that sees that doesn't achieve the ultimate beginning goal. So I think one of the things about anything, it's website. If you do not know how to write copy and you are not good at writing copy, find someone to write copy. Because the only thing that's going to happen is you're going to be too short, you're going to be grammatically incorrect, or you're going to be too long. All three of those things are a death wish for any kind of, any kind of mass media, any kind of communication that you're doing outward. Um, so I think as, as you go into economic downturn and how you're smarter with your yeah. money, you spend more time on the copy and your ultimate yeah. mission – because everything else will vet itself out if you do that the right way. If
1: uh, if if there's going to be any type of beyond brand, you need the letter CTA. What's your call to action? Right? Yeah, that, uh, phone number, you name it. So you mentioned our recession. So uh, look, let's face it, we know we're going to be going through some, some, some challenges. coming. Some's, come, some's right? coming. So um, you know, what should people be doing? And I think, you know, one of the the one I will mention is, you know, don't stop. All right, that's number one. Don't try to just kind of like the the stock market. Don't try to time it. Yeah. Right. I mean, I think here's a case where the old turtle consistency and focus more than anything. That's yeah. where you know I would say you know get away from the edges. If you're not sure what you're getting for certain types of your marketing, you know pull that back, but continue consistently in the core of your market. And I mean, you probably have you've got long time. Um, clients that maybe have done radio forever and maybe they're pulling away from some other things but they're keeping that consistent message because that works yeah and i think that to me that's probably one of the biggest things to look at yeah
2: i think relationships become of the utmost important in any kind of downturns and i think the first thing i would do and this is a little bit more of a tactic is i would tell everybody that they're on the chopping block and i'd say this is your chance give me wow me Okay, And if someone wows you with price, they're not wowing you. They're sending you the same old thing at a lower price, which means the first time it should have been at a lower price. Right. See what thought and idea is put towards the revision of your product, because you'll know how how good your person is, how good their company is. Mm -hmm. And that if there's a relationship in there, you need to rely on relationships when things get hard. Because people trying to trick you are the ones that need to disappear, the ones yeah. that are feeding you the wrong information. Those people that you have strong relationships with will get you through the recession. They will find ways to make you succeed or they will try their hardest to do so. So yeah, my yeah. recommendation is ask everybody for give me some ideas. Hey, you're everyone's in the chopping block right? I'm not yeah. a fan of lying, but this is one of those ones. They might not all be in the chopping block, but you know yeah. what? Maybe they'll give you bad information and all of a sudden they are in the chopping block. So I would audit every single marketing contact you have. It's going to take time, but in the long run, it will pay dividends to do that, especially as oh, we head into the downturn.
1: No, a Great point. And I wish I, we had time to, for me to jump in on uh, one of the examples I had done with that. But um, no, it's, it's super and you never know what you'll come out of it. So Nick, uh, thanks as always for joining us. Uh, hopefully... Uh, a lot of good ideas. It's a great time uh, to make those decisions in your business. So you have been listening to the Marketing Mad Men on Extra 106.3, and we'll see you next week. Take care.
0: The winningest team in baseball also has the most saves, and people who save the most money are winners. So start earning saves by investing in worthy bonds for only $10 each. These bonds earn a fixed 7% APY, and there's no fees, penalties, or minimum balance required, and they can be redeemed whenever you like. You can even round up everyday purchases to buy additional bonds. Go to worthybonds.com backslash save. That's worthybonds.com backslash save. And save and win. Support for Extra 106.3 comes from Natural Body Spa and Skin Remedy. Celebrating their 35th anniversary and offering gift cards in store and online. You can discover Mother's Day and anniversary presents online at Natural Body Spa and Skin Remedy
2: at naturalbody.com.